0: As part of Ferrari Fridays, William Ross from the Exotic Car Marketplace will be discussing all things Ferrari and interviewing people that live and breathe the Ferrari brand. Topics range from road cars to racing, drivers to owners, as well as auctions, private sales, and trends in the collector market. Welcome, everyone, back to the Ferrari Marketplace. I'm your host, William. Uh, in this podcast, uh, we're going to discuss my little trip I took out west to Cali and checking out a couple private collections. One Mr. Bruce Meyer and another David Sikoric uh, had some outstanding stuff. David, probably don't know so much, but Bruce Meyer, uh, not the buggy guy, just to kind of clarify because I got asked that a little bit. Uh, but no, Bruce uh, has got a phenomenal collection and uh, he's like. King of the car world, so to speak, and uh, on the board and one of the founding members of the Peterson Museum, an awesome guy, super, super nice guy to talk with, whatnot. He will take the time to speak with you and not kind of dismiss you like uh, some other individuals or people that uh, have a lot of money and have a lot of cars, and uh, unless you're on their level, they would really basically ignore you and dismiss you, but Bruce is a fantastic guy. If you ever have the opportunity to uh, cross paths with him, definitely go up and uh, just say hello, introduce yourself, and He'll talk to you for a little bit. Um, you know, once again, so super nice guy. So, but, anyways, here at the Ferrari Marketplace, you know, we talk about everything Ferrari, everything that's going on, events, cars, prices, auctions, whatever we got out there, what we can discuss, history, you know, going on. I want to drop one on uh, Luigi, Luigi Um, I'm going to do one here for, on him pretty soon. <clears throat> but actually, I am headed down to Amelia Island tomorrow. So, it won't be till next week. So, I'm not back till Monday night. Uh, I'm actually going to road trip it down to this one because airline tickets were absolutely insane. So I'm just going to hoof it down. It's only about a 10, 11-hour drive. So no biggie. Uh, can handle that. Done it many times before. so. But anyways, also just to drop a little mention, you know, Again, I'm just starting and learning this podcast stuff and how this all works and what to do and how to get it organized and get out there. So if it's a little choppy and uh, not up to some people's standards, I apologize. I'm working on getting there. You know, one thing I figured out, you know, it's better to have better, uh, I won't say notes, but structure kind of an outline when I talk about because I have ADD real bad and I'll start going off on tangents and whatnot, but that really helps quite a bit. So I'm just trying to, you know, get this thing organized and, you know, talk about things that people want to hear about. Um, and also, you know, if you have something you want me to talk about or you uh, have a discussion topic, shoot me an email. It's william at theferrarimarketplace.com. You know, uh, shoot me that, let me know what you're to talk about. And hey, you know, maybe we'll get, uh, get you on the show too, because that's another thing you want to try and figure out. I know I can probably do it through, I guess, if I have a Zoom with someone, I can record that and do it, but then take this I don't know. said, I'm not the biggest computer, techn- technical, technological, whatever, how you want to pronounce it, you know, genius, the most apt at it. So I kind of just figure things out. And sometimes, I do the wise thing. I just have my uh, 16-year-old daughter come and help me do a lot of this stuff. So um, she's a whiz at all this stuff, and I'm just not. So, And again, with my ADD, I have a hard time sitting and concentrating and trying to put something together after more than like 10, 15 minutes. I just kind of go bonkers. I get a little stir-crazy. But anyways, enough back about me. So back to our discussion topic today and what I'm going to discuss. So last week, which was uh, Friday, was a February 25th, I think it was, 26th, um, let's see here, it was actually the 25th, I got on a plane and set myself out to California for some Ferrari events at the Peterson. Now I also squeezed in a few other things while I was out there too, since I had time, and it kind of worked in my favor having the difference in time change. Now, obviously, I'm in Ohio. That's California, so there's a three-hour time difference. So going to bed basically at 8 o'clock at night or 30, I was you know, up at about 3, 4 in the morning. But that boded well because I was able to actually go out and do a few bunch of other stuff. Um, so you know, I got in you know, on Friday. Um, things were running just a few minutes behind. And I got to give a shout-out to Ace Car Rental, where I got my car from. Uh, they were really, really cool. Uh, great to deal with. Uh, it was interesting because I went in, and how they are—they're not like the Hertz or Enterprise Network where they got an actual bus and pick you up to the airport. You just got to jump on a public transportation bus to go to the first stop, which like takes a minute, and so it's not that big of a deal. Then they got shuttle buses there to take you to their facility. But what was interesting is when I you get to facility, go rent in, and they, you know, they have like three service counters. You know people are supposed to work there, so there's only one guy. But then they had. Another one set up, the guy was doing it remotely. So you just look at the screen and he's there. You talk, they got the camera. And, you know, it was pretty straightforward doing it. It was really cool to, you know, uh, kind of see that set up that way. It's like, hey, maybe they could do more of this, get more people. But anyways, um, it was interesting. The only kind of drawback was is the one guy working inside the shop has kind of got to handle that guy's paperwork and handing stuff out because I had to stand there for about five minutes and wait while he dealt with another customer that was, Really just ignorant to the whole process of whatnot. And so I kind of digged and I finally got up and stood up and kind of started making a little bit of ruckus to get the guy. Hey, you know, I like to go. I'm good to go. I just need my keys, my uh, thing. So, But anyways, I was supposed to just get some little crap box car. I was like, you know, trying to go cheap. But when I got there, I was like, you know, I need something a little bit more fun. I'm in California. And they had some uh, chargers out front, some brand new chargers with the Hemis. So... Tons of power, tons of torque. So I just say, what what can I get on it? You know, jump into that, and the guy hooked me up. And it was it wasn't that much more expensive. It was like another seventy bucks for the three days, and I was like done. And I tell you what, wise choice. If you ever have the chance to drive one, I tell you what, take one for a spin. And if you can't go for farther, I mean, I was on the highway just staying cruising like eighty-five. I mean, just it's a it is a outstanding highway cruising car. But you know where I stayed at was up in Topanga Canyon. And going up to panga Canyon Road, you know, very twisty, curvy through the hill. Whatever. This thing handled phenomenal for this big car. I tell you what, this thing was great. You know, I highly recommend it. It was almost to the point I said, you know what, this isn't a bad car. I'm thinking, my baby get one just as a daily. Um, but anyways, she so was kind of, I just... Little sidebar on that again. It's my ADD jumping in, but I just want to give a shout out to them and that charger I ran because that thing was cool. It was a lot of fun, lots and lots of fun. If you check out the YouTube channel, uh, I'm working on after this podcast is, I got to put the videos together. I'm going to drop uh, all the videos I took over the weekend over there. So, because so I got in Saturday, uh, Friday, and you know got the car, just kind of did some tooling around, went and checked into my Verbo, uh, stayed there. I got to give a shout out to Andrew and Peter, uh, the host there. Great little, um, basically it's a she shed. There's a half bath in it, and this kind of it was kind of fun doing it this way too. It was a little bit different, I guess. You know, there's a half bath in the bath uh, in the she shed. You know, it's not very big. It's got a loft bed. Um, you know, there's a full shower, everything in there, which is great. Just a sink, but to use the bathroom, you got to go out your thing and got to walk maybe I don't know 50 feet, if that. Maybe 20. I don't know. It wasn't that far. You had to go over to the main house where the one bath, you know, bathroom is. You had to, you know, take a dump or whatnot. Now. I don't know about you, but I was getting up in the middle of the night when I had to pee. I just went in the sink. I wasn't going to get up and walk outside, especially if it was getting a little bit chilly there when I was out there, which was kind of interesting. It was getting down into the 40s. So I was like, gosh, I'm just going in the sink. Big deal. It's all pipes, right? All goes to the same place. Um, but anyways, you know, getting up, at, uh, just kind of a shout out to them. But anyways, so I just got there, got settled in. I ran back out, ran to the grocery store, grabbed some stuff like that just, you know, so I have snacks, some bananas and that kind of stuff. So I had it. So, but – so since I was up the next morning, because I went to bed at 8 o'clock, I was up at 3 o'clock, you know, and that's just like, Usually when I'm at home, I go to bed at 10, 3, 11, and I'm up at 5, 5.30ish. Anyways, I go to the gym and all that crap. So, but anyways, so Saturday morning, I was up, kind of doing some other things and doing some posting and that stuff, trying to kill some time. But I got up and ready, so I left about 7.30ish, and the first place I wanted to go check out was West Coast Car Storage, Matt Ferrer's place. I don't know if you ever watch any of his stuff, you know, the smoking tire. He's got great stuff. But anyway, so I got there, I pulled in, and just by happenstance, you know, the doors opened up. They were bringing out a car for one of their customers, um, beautiful 488 uh, Ferrari uh, in the Bianco White. I think it was gorgeous. I- I'm a fan of white cars. I don't know about you guys. But anyways, came out and was parking. So the two guys that were working there, young gentlemen, started talking to them a little bit. And they said, hey, no problem. We'll take you on a tour, which is awesome. super nice guys, super nice guys. Again, videos will be dropping on the channel. Uh, it took me around the place, and I don't know if you ever seen any of the videos or whatnot. If you look up Matt's page, you look at what it's at. Um, he's got it's a really cool setup. And I know they're getting uh, their plans are is to build more of them, but just out in California, down in Southern Cali. Now, I wanted to talk with Matt, but he wasn't there because Mike thought was you know what this could work anywhere, and I don't know how well you were immersed in car and whatnot, and finding about car storage, but it's shocking, even like where I'm at that you would think that you know wouldn't be that big of a deal. It is a big problem. Um, I know a gentleman that's got a facility uh, not far from me, and his thing's packed to the gills with cars year-round. And this is you know Ohio where there's plenty of land, plenty of space, whatnot. But people just don't want that vehicle taking up space if they're only driving it once a month or whatnot so, and getting in and out. So obviously the thought was is I'd like to you know copy this, I put one here in Cleveland somewhere, even each, east side and west side. I mean, because it's cool as, you know, they had a nice little, like, setting, clubhouse setting type deal. wasn't huge, you know, with the wet bar, everything like that. Um, had his, you know, uh, media room, I guess you'd call it, you know, to do a podcast and that type of filming and that stuff. So it was really nice setup. I mean, you know, go there, hang out, whatnot. And, you know, I'd ask him, hey, they do parties or whatnot, and I guess they're kind of getting ready to do a small one, um, you know, for members and what have you, but... It's really cool storage-wise. You know, how you got when you're pulling out. On the, I guess the main building, I guess you can see it's above ground. You know, they got uh, six rack you know stackers there to stack your cars. And they're kind of, some sides. It's like too deep. And they said it only takes like 10 minutes to get a car. Even if it's like back, all the way up the top and back corner, it only takes about 10 minutes to get a car out. So it's really easy and simple, you know, climate controlled, everything like that. So check it out. It's really cool. Uh, it's, right it's a really cool place. Then after that, I, I took a tool around and i was like you know what i'm gonna go check out singer and uh see if i can find other now i found i google mapped it and i got out there and i tell you what no clue i i couldn't find it it was just walls and whatnot so there was no indication anything that singer was right where it was at so i kind of struck out there and besides on the website they say that they don't give out tours or anything unless you actually are physically ordering a car and I wasn't physically ordering a car <laughs> at that time and nor do I have that kind of money to be able to afford a singer so the next stop was actually uh, Jay Leno's garage was actually just about five minutes from there so I went over to Jay's place to see if I could maybe catch some action going on and maybe just by luck stumble in and maybe you know get a walk around tour have Jay show around maybe like that but again nothing going on gates all closed up and whatnot Now, there were three reliable car carrier trucks parked out on his street. So I don't know if they were there to pick up cars for Jay to take to Amelia Island or they were dropping off or what. But maybe I should have hung out a little bit longer because someone was going to have to show up eventually because that was the only place there on that street that those cars would have anything to do with. So, again, I don't know what they were doing or if they were picking up or whatnot. So who knows. But after that, I kind of struck out anywhere else I kind of wanted to go, so I just went back to my place. I uh, hung out for about an hour and then I headed to the Peterson. Now, what they had going on was really cool. Uh, it was very limited to how many people could go. Now, you got to the Peterson, you checked in. Now, you were able to go in with, uh, be able to do this, is you got to go into the Peterson, check out, and walk around. I got some awesome videos of the Peterson that I'll put up, uh, walking around, and And again, I highly, highly recommend if you're ever in that area, or even with a couple hours, you're making a trip just for that, go there, check out the main floor, but definitely go check out the vault. Now, they don't let you take really any media or do anything like that unless you have permission. So I wasn't able to get anything because I didn't want to get kicked out because it was before we were going on our tour. So, But anyway, so I got that stuff. But first stop we went to uh, was Bruce Meyer's private collection. Uh, now, if those of you in the know know who Bruce Meyer is, you know what the, who he is and what he does and his, I guess... Um, Participation, I would say, what his role is or how he plays. You know, he's a founding member of the Peterson Museum. He's on the board. Um, but he really doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a ton of cards, but the cards he has are phenomenal. And he doesn't allow just anybody to come look. You got to get invited. You got to get invited personally by him. So we went there first. And if, you know, where this is at, it's not really, it's like by Wilshire, Nap. I want to say not downtown Beverly Hills, but kind of Jace and whatnot. But if you're driving down the street, you would have no idea up on the second floor that this collection was up there. I mean, you can't tell. It's not like you can even see through windows from the outside or anything like that. So you go up on the second floor because it's above a restaurant. I felt bad these people that even because we were kind of standing out there, a bunch of us waiting to, to go up, you know, someone to show us where it was. So we're trying to get up there. And what's really cool is as you walk in, you're kind of up high, and it overlooks, Everything, his whole collection, the whole nine yards. And basically the first thing that your eyes gravitate to is the 250 Testarossa sitting in the corner uh, that John von Neumann used to uh, own. Uh, and then there's one of the original Yellowbirds parked right there. And then there's a Bentley parked right there, uh Bentley blower. Uh, then there's a Bugatti back over on the elevator. But then as you kind of step in more, you start seeing some others tucked away you know, he had the, you know, you saw the Briggs Cunningham vet, but then you saw the Bizzarini uh, the, that uh, he does, the, his 250 SWB standing there. Um, I mean, just phenomenal stuff. And then it's cool as you then you come down the stairs to go in and check out the facility. And, like, off you know, when you get down to that level there, you know, there's kind of railing whatnot. Like I said, you'll be able to see this in the video. But off the left, it's got a nice seating area, couch seats and whatnot. Then in past that, there's like a... A dining room table, you know, you can sit a few people at, about six or seven people and stuff like that. And then off to the left, he's got, you know, his little kitchenette. Now, there's no stove or nothing, but it's got the fridge and all that stuff, you know. want to make cocktails. And then along that whole wall, and then he's got all his memorabilia. He's got all the trophies he's won, everything from all the things, you know, events he's entered, like Pebble Beach and all that jazz. Um, but tons of literature, books, everything. He's got all these cool models and some helmets and that. Just all you know, little trinkets and stuff that he has here and there and everything like that. But there's some cool stuff hanging on the wall. He's got let like, he's got this miniature, I'd say it's maybe one eighth scale, maybe one tenth scale of an old midget racer from the '50s up on the wall. And I didn't get a chance to ask him, but looking at it, you would swear to think it probably does have a motor in it. But anyways, then you come down, you got some, you know, you go down a couple of steps, and then you're out on the floor. Now, mind you what this guy has and what he does. But like I said, since we're talking Ferraris, we'll get into specifics. I mean, like I said, he had these other cars there. But the big one was that 250 Tesla Rosa. It's up on a pedestal, and this thing was absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. I mean, this thing, and it just and how it's got something. Because you don't have cars all crammed into the space. He's got them strategically placed throughout the you know, um, showroom. I don't know what type you want, Kids clubhouse. Um, so obviously, there's plenty of room, so you get plenty of pictures and everything. And again, that was the other beauty of it, too. Normally, you're not allowed to take pictures or video, but he allowed me to do that, so which was phenomenal. So checked out his Testarossa, and then I went over to his 250 uh, GT SWB. Um, this thing was absolutely stunning also. It was great. You know, the window's down, so you could kind of reach in, lean in, look at everything, check things out. You know, just super, super cool. So going around, like I said, but what was really cool is right next to that was the Bizzarini that those of you know, he was actually involved in designing the 250 GTO. Now, it's sad that the evolution, if it would have kept going, if, you know, due to regulation and stuff, it would have kind of maintained it. The Bizzarini design that he did for this probably would have been the next evolution of the GTO, you know, lower, wider you know, just more aggressive looking. You know, so people say that if he would have stayed there, but you know, he left during the Palace Revolt. Um, that's probably what the next step would have been. That step evolution of the car would have been that. Now, other cars he has there. You know, he's got the um, Corvette winning. You know, the Lamaz winning Corvette uh, from back. I think it's um it's what Johnny O'Connell and those guys drove. But he's got that and still has all the dirt to grime everything on it. The whole nine yards, just as it was when it left there. So he has that. Um, go around, he's got the Briggs Cunningham Corvette. Uh, he's got this really cool Mercedes Cabriolet that used to be owned by Clark Gable. Uh, and everything's to the nines of this place, too. I mean, just absolutely spotless. And, you know, he's got, you know, another you know Porsche race car there. But he had this really cool uh, this uh, Kremer Porsche that used to be owned by the infamous Winnington Brothers. Now, those of you in the know, know the Winnington's background, and they were probably the largest pot smugglers back in the day, and that's how they made all their money. And they would actually, you know, they owned Atlanta Motor Raceway. Not the oval, but the track um, that is now, um, you know, Raceway Park, whatever the hell it's called again, uh, where they do the Petite Lama. Mans. Um, can't think of the top of my head. But anyways, they used to land there and whatnot, bring stuff in and all that stuff. But anyways... After that thing was, you know, it had been for many, many years in the hands of the DEA and whatnot, but it finally got out. So anyways, funny story was, you know, Bruce ended up acquiring a vehicle. And he immediately sent it off to get all refurbished whatnot because he drives his cars, races them and whatnot at all types of events. So anyways, he had taken it up to Laguna Seca then for like his first outing in the car. Well, you know, a bunch of his buddies decided to play a joke on him. And they went all out. I mean, they didn't pull no punches, that's for sure is they had these guys come up. There's like, you know, look up the video online. It's hilarious. Because they had these guys dressed up as DEA people, came in legit with paperwork, whole nine yards, saying they're confiscating the car due to legal ramification because of the blah, 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 all that stuff, you know, because of the winning team history and that stuff, and there was still problems or some kind of stuff. So they actually had a flatbed, everything, come, take the car. But it's funny, Bruce actually even helped them push the car up onto the flatbed. And you could just see this distraught look in his face. Like, he's freaking out. Like, well, okay, what do I do this and that? Who's the first call? So they got it loaded up, and he's kind of like, who do I I need to call so-and-so. And everyone's playing along, and everyone else, everyone's in on the joke except Bruce. So finally, is it, is it just about to round the corner to leave? They let him in on the joke that, hey, sorry, this is just a nice big old prank. Oh, my God, it was too funny. You should see the look of just relief on his face. I highly recommend looking it up. But also, he's got some cool hot rods. Um, he's got a lot of the SoCal Speed Shop stuff. He's got the original Belly Tank Racer. Um, he's got the hot rods. But he's also got a really nice collection of motorcycles, which I was not aware of. Um, I said I got a couple pictures posted up, but it's really, really cool what he's got there. You know, A lot of old flat track stuff. He's got a couple cool Harleys, um, Cafe Racers, uh, dirt, the flat trackers, XR750s. So, Check out the stuff when you go online, you know, check out my Instagram. You know, I post a lot of stuff on LinkedIn, but I said I'll have the videos up and they'll all be, be on there. Uh, but one really cool thing I saw, it was kind of tucked away. He had a, a, a set or a pair of Evel Knievel's old leathers, the dark blue ones, not the white with the blue. It was the solid blue with the white. So that was really cool, too. So but uh, again, awesome collection. You got to check out the videos for that. So now after that, we were able to go up to David Sikorik's house. And check out what he has. Now, this wasn't, again, these guys don't have hundreds and hundreds of cars. It ain't nothing like that. They got, this a slight few, but they all have some meeting and whatnot. Now, what was interesting about going to sikork 's house, he lives up in Beverly Park. This is up in the hills, way up in the hills. And it's in a gated community. And basically, Denzel Washington lives back in there. Magic Johnson has a house back in there. He lives. So that kind of gives you the... I guess, the residents of this area are and who his neighbors are. So we go in all the way into the back and, again, look for video because his house is, like, unbelievable, and the view out the back is absolutely just breathtaking. But anyway, so you come up his driveway, and he's a huge, huge Zagato fan, huge Zagato fan. And it's, you know, what he had um, was unbelievable. Um as I guess a collection wise in what he's acquired. Um, it's just crazy, crazy stuff. Now, so as soon as you go in and he kind of had the stuff parked out whatnot. So first thing kind of catch your eye because it's straight ahead. And is that he's got a DB4 Zagato parked there. Um, and it's just, I mean, absolutely stunning. But then off to the left, since we're talking, you know, basically about Ferraris, he had the Ferrari 250 GT Zagato, uh, and he's had it for about 20 years. Um, and I say this thing was spous. And what was cool about it, you know, as I'll talk about is, you know, he took this the next day to the Ferrari that was at the Peterson. He drove it there. Uh, so, as I said, not some trailer queen. Now, obviously, if he's going to take it to Florida or something like that, he's going to put it on a trailer. He's going to be driving this thing down to, you know, the 405 or anything like that. But um, this thing's stunning with the blue, with the uh, white, whitest top. You know, not convertible, but it's you got know, the, the uh, I guess you call it the greenhouse, whatnot. You know, it's got the double bubble to it um, and with the white on it. It's just absolutely stunning. It's got this, like, lightest, light blue interior. Um, it's stunning. But what's really cool is on the gear selector, on the top, on the ball, or whatever you want to call it, on there, the numbers are in Roman numerals. So it's not like one, two, it, but it's really neat. And it's just that, um, whatchamacallit, that Bakelite uh, that I think was made out. But it is super, super cool. And, I mean, again, check out the Ferrari. Check them out, the the video I got. It's on the, uh, look for the YouTube channel, you know, the Ferrari Marketplace. I'll have it up on there. Uh, it's really, really nice. I get a little more detail. Tough. It's just absolutely stunning. Now, he had some other, you know, I guess because Italian has got it. You know, um, he had uh, a couple... Of the alpha, he had the Alpha Disco Volante that they uh, did. Now it wasn't a running one; it was just a model, no motor, nothing like that. But you swear you look at it, you swear that thing you just pull out, just go for a drive. Um, and he had an old TZ there too. Now one thing that was cool is he had the uh, was it the DB Seven Zagato, but he also had the body buck for it, um, and which was crazy. You know, parked in the garage, he's got the car, but then he's got the body buck that used to make the car. So that was pretty cool. Um, but the one thing that was, I guess there's actually two other things that were a little bit of surprise and like, okay, he had, he had the, uh, from, uh, 2014, he had the bobsled from the American bobsled team that was made by BMW. He had it in his living room. Now, how cool is that? He had the actual bobsled that BMW made. I think they only made three of them two. So... How he got it, God only knows. But the other thing that he had, then this story is kind of humorous, but this tells you when people got a lot more money than they know what to do with. He had an actual gondola from Venice. An actual gondola. And the background story was that you know, he was telling me him and his wife were on vacation, they were in Venice, and it was his wife's birthday, and she made the comment about the gondola, how much she loved it. She thought it was fantastic. So he cut away it one day and went downstairs and talked to whoever was at the front or whatnot. He says, I, well, take me where they build these. Take me to you know, he wants to buy one. So he ends up going and so not really building one from scratch. He had, there was one there that they were refurbishing. So he ends up getting that, buying that, getting it refurbished over, I think it took a year or something like that. It took an unbelievable of time. Got it shipped over and has it in his garage as a present to his wife so it'll never be back in the water again or anything like that but he buys a gondola for his wife as a birthday present just to have and it's in the garage and it said check out the video it's on there it just like makes you scratch your head it's like why you know and i guess when he first got it they you know took it to an event somewhere down there in uh beverly hills or whatever you know and just people are like what you know this thing's huge It's gotta be about 40, 50 feet long, maybe longer. Um, I mean, it's huge. It is massive. And the craftsmanship went down, it's just gorgeous. So hey, check out the video. But um, that's about all I got uh, regarding that trip. Well, no, I'm sorry. I need to talk about the second day. On Sunday, different at the Peterson. Totally forgot, shoo. Again, I looked at my notes, got back to me. So on Sunday, uh, what I had done was, again, being up early. Now, I had gone online, and now out in Malibu, they got the cars and coffee, the infamous cars and coffees in Malibu. Now, I don't know, for those of you who know how it kind of works, there was the, I guess, Rogue One that was in the one plaza. It wasn't sanctioned. No one organized or whatnot. People were just showing up, whatnot. But all the businesses in that plaza were getting super, super pissed off because... They were taking up all the spots, just creating commotion, loud noise and whatnot. And there's a few restaurants in there. Their, none of their patrons had any places to park. They kept complaining and whatnot. So they kind of like about kicking them out. And, you know, they'd, they even had where they had put signs that says no car, you know, uh, event park, blah, blah, blah. And they just, people drive up, they just move them. So the one gentleman by the name of Romano, a uh, super nice guy, got with the city and said, hey, let's do this right. Let's organize this. You know, and we have this sanctioned by the city, everything like that. And so what they do is they have it at the uh, Malibu Bluffs. And you want to probably talk the most expensive land to have a public park on because it's right on the ocean. You come out PCH, make a left, ocean, ocean, and then you got the park. You know, volleyball courts, baseball, whatnot. I mean, so that land's got to be worth, I don't know, $400 million, something crazy if not more. But anyway, so the event's there. So it's supposed to start at 7 to 9. And now I'd read online and talked to a few people and said, oh, people usually start showing up around 6, 15, 6, 30 because it gets so busy. Anyway, so since I was up, I got up. I got there about 6, 15. I was the first one there. Um, And so I'm sitting there waiting, going, okay, so all of a sudden, probably after about 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes, a guy pulls in with the trailer, and it gets set up because he's there on the the, – Request of Armando, the guy put it on. And he's got an old Indy Lights car, 93 Lola. Um, so I started talking to him. I helped him unload He got that stuff. So, so cars started rolling, casually coming in. Again, check out the video on the YouTube channel. Um, now, this one, it'll probably be on the Ferrari Marketplace channel, but it also might be on my other one, 65 Motorsports. So, channel 65. Now, if you look that up, it's the word 60 spelled out, than the number 5 Motorsports. Look that up. Like I said, you'll also be able to check it on the Ferrari Marketplace. Thing. I'll put it on that one, too. I'm kind of trying to keep stuff differentiated. I don't want to have a lot of clutter, non-Ferrari stuff on the Ferrari Marketplace. But in the beginning here, get things up and going. I'm going to have them on both. But anyways, I get there, and they had some cool stuff show up. They had some really old, like a couple, an old Diablo, an old Lago, Both six-speed show up. It was really cool. Uh, there's some older Ferraris, some 308s, 328s, stuff like that. Uh, 355 showed up. You know, nothing crazy, nothing good. But he um, had some older stuff that showed up. He uh, had a gorgeous Z8. That's one of my favorite cars, is BMW Z8. Uh, but he had some really stuff. But this one guy showed up in this sweet Alpha. Um, it was a 1973-1600. Uh, and what was interesting about it, the body basically in raw metal, just Beat up, what not rough, just patina galore. I mean, this thing was so sweet, but everything underneath the interior was already done. So basically, you know, resto mod, you know, or done up. How? Uh, what's your name? Does it? Um, uh, yeah, what the hell's his name? Does the start out with the trucks? But um, anyways, um, Jonathan Ward's place. You know, um, it's got the lizard. I can't think of the name. I'll top of my head again. Over top. But anyways, so there's a lot of cool stuff. Like I said, check it out. I got the videos, stuff like that. So now, as I left. And what's interesting, he's up and down the PCH. All you hear is cars going screaming past, whatnot. There's like, you get groups of like five, six, seven of them all together just flying around. And so, like, I left us. So, I'm going to go down and stop this other one real quick just see if he's got anybody there because those people there, you know, they got money. So, they just ignore the rules. They don't think they apply to them. So, I got there and, you know, going down there, which is not even half a mile away, uh, the amount of cops I saw that was on the PCH and whatnot. So, I don't know how many people might got tickets. But, anyways. So I got on there and go through there, you know, seeing a 918 uh, Porsche going through just up the Martini livery, uh, some Lamborghinis, McLarens, um, you know, stuff like that. You know, a lot of Porsches, everything like that. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. Uh, I just kind of pulled through there. I had to stop and get gas. And she's, I don't know if you live in California, but gas out there is just insane. Probably today, it's probably over $6 because I know it was pushing almost 5 dollars $6 when I was out there. So, anyways, I left there and I headed to the Peterson for the Ferrari event. Now, this is really cool. You know, it was all Ferraris. Put on the Southwest Ferrari Owner Club. Uh, shout out to Peter Lund. Great guy. Talked with him a bunch before this event. But anyway, so you get there, and basically it's on the top two floors of the parking garage. Just all Ferrari. So you go in you park. Now, I get in, and I start all the way up to the top. And just kind of go around, and you're at a Ferrari event, but what do you see? Gorgeous Lamborghini Countach. White on white. Um, but anyways, go down. You know, you got your, you know, standard 488s, uh 812s, and a TDF up there. You know, some cool stuff, you know, nothing mind-blowing, but, you know, stuff is, once you start seeing regroup, it's like, okay, there's a, just ton of red. Now, I went to the edge, the I was on the fifth floor. So the fourth floor, where was the main thing was at? And what's really cool how they have their garage set up is, you know, it's not completely, you know, covered. You know, on the top floor, it's only about half of what the park is. So you have this open area. So I actually on the fourth floor, it's still outdoors, you know. You're not undercover, but if the rain—if it happened to rain, like God, you know, like it does so much in LA, you know, you can move everything underneath. But anyways, so going down on that floor, and then I start looking around. and I'm God, you'd not believe. I mean, there's obviously just tons of red, uh, but you know, everything from Dinos, you know, uh, going on down the line. He uh, had stuff from the 50s. He had a uh, Tom Wilson had his 250 GTE there. You know, Tom's a real nice guy. If you got to look him up, you know, he's got the 250 uh, GT registry, so he he runs that uh, with some other people. Um, But going around, he said, it was just, obviously, a majority was newer stuff, um, not so much of the older stuff, but you had the older stuff mixed in because people would come, you know, just pulling in there, a lot of 360s. Now, I was a little surprised, though, on some of the older stuff, like a 360 or any of the 430s, that I didn't see one manual. They were all the F1 transmission. It was really odd um which i couldn't figure out which just sidebar i i took a blast uh earlier this morning in a 360 spider six speed uh had some fun with that this morning uh buddy mine's got this thing up uh but anyways uh that thing was a blast already done so i'm thinking about buying it so i'm on the fence when i go down to amelia island i'm making a pit stop in atlanta because there's a coop that's there but i need to pause this for one second and I'm back. Sorry about that. My daughter came home from school, and the dog started barking, so I figured I'd just pause it real quick. But anyways, back to where I was at, you know, going around the uh, fourth floor at the Peterson Ferrari event. Now, like I was saying, majority of the cars, you know, 85%, 90%, were all, you know, newer stuff. Uh, your four-five-eights, <clears throat> four, four-eight-eights, stuff like that, um, your 812s. You know stuff along those lines. You know, a lot of Californias um, going on, but what was really cool. Uh, David Lee had brought his some of his cars with the collection. Now I was under the impression he always had just newer stuff. I didn't realize he had a bunch of older stuff. Um, so he had some really really cool older stuff. Uh, I said I got pictures in the video up there, so I'd definitely check it out. But you know I was impressed by that. I thought he was just the newer stuff like that. So and then uh, David brought his uh, Zagato. 250 gt uh hit it there and i got some quick video of it running um i'm not sure if i'm able to squeeze it i'm trying to squeeze it on the length video but you know got some shots of that running there's this beautiful black enzo there uh few f40s got some cool shots of that so i mean there's a lot of cool stuff so ch- check out the video like i said you know getting the hang of this so the video is probably not the best in my talking and whatnot so i don't know how you can hear me or anything like that because there's music playing in the background but you know, go check it out um, on the YouTube channel and, scale um, I'll try and figure it out if I can. I should be able to pretty easily. Uh, I'll put the links on my uh, the webpage, page, the Ferrari So, but anyways, that kind of wrapped up. That got stuff because it was over by like around 1 o'clock, rough like that. Now I was supposed to go over to this Porsche LA Lit event that Stoddard was putting on. I don't know if you're not familiar with Porsche stuff, but Stoddard's a big uh, seller of. Porsche, classic Porsche parts. uh, They're here in the Cleveland area over on the east side. They used to have a dealership they sold, so now they just focus on the parts. And They do a lot of cool events. Now, I was supposed to go to that because it was just more, I want to say memorabilia literature, that kind of stuff. So it really wasn't cars, but there probably were some there. But it was my last day there, and it was about 78 degrees out. Sun was out. I'm like, nah, you know what? I'm just going to bail on that and go hang out in Santa Monica and see what i can see so i saw some cool stuff drive around there you know just hanging out had some lunch but anyways to wrap this up that's kind of going over what it is like i said check out the video kind of you can see what i was talking about uh it's really worked it at the time like i said you know just if you need to just ignore me put it on mute and you can see the cars um but anyways i appreciate you guys listening uh like i said i'm headed to amelia island tomorrow so I'm gonna have a lot more stuff to talk about the next podcast. It's about how Amelia went. I'm gonna hit the two. I uh, got the Gooding and RM Cellerby's auctions. I'm gonna hit. There's some interesting cards there. that are gonna be up. There's a 2006 five four, F430 gated manual black on black that's going to go up, and they're saying in between three to four hundred grand what they're uh, estimating it to be at. So I'm really curious to see what that goes for it, because this is gonna kind of set up the market for where these manuals are headed. Um, now, so there's a bunch of other cool, nice Ferraris that are going to be up going up. So, I'm going to get that stuff and we can talk about that where they were at, estimated what they sold for, everything along those lines. So, if you want, you'll know, take a look at Sotheby's and Gooding's uh, sites, you can see what I'm talking about beforehand. Um, so then obviously, Saturday they got this really cool stuff going on that's you know, 10 bucks to go to. And basically, all the cars are at the concours on Sunday will usually be at these. So, and then Sunday, obviously, is a Concourse event itself. So, I have a lot of stuff from that. Tons of video that will be going up from that. Um, I'm going to try and get as much as I can, just blow it up. And like I said, next week, I will have the next episode, and we'll talk about Amelia Island. Again, guys, I really, really appreciate you listening. Uh, I really appreciate your patience. And again, hey, I'm just getting the hang of this. So, please be patient. Uh, more to come. Any ideas, thoughts, hey, just shoot me an uh, email, william at theferrarmarketplace.com. You know, let me know your thoughts, uh, ways, any help would be greatly appreciated too on this. Um, You know, anything like that. Hey, I'm just, I'm all ears. So anyways, just uh, wrapping it up. I appreciate you guys listening and we will talk soon. Have a good one. This episode has been brought to you by Grand Touring Motorsports as part of our motoring podcast network. For more episodes like this, tune in each week for more exciting and educational content from organizations like the Exotic Car Marketplace, the Motoring Historian, Brake Fix, and many others. If you'd like to support Grand Touring Motorsports and the Motoring Podcast Network, sign up for one of our many sponsorship tiers at www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports. Please note that the content, opinions, and materials presented and expressed in this episode are those of its creator, and this episode has been published with their consent. If you have any inquiries about this program, please contact the creators of this episode via email or social media, as mentioned in the episode.